keep executing day by day. Keep updating the schedule. Keep the subcontractors uh, moving in the same direction. Your job as a GC is to keep everyone moving in the same direction and following your pace. That's the goal. So that you can have a, a happy client at the end of the day and, and do exactly what you say you're going to do, which is what every client wants. They want you to be completely honest with them and set expectations and manage those expectations throughout the course of the project. Welcome to Friends of Build Magazine. I'm your host, Ted Bainbridge. I've been traveling the world and working in publications for 30 years. In 2016, we launched our first issue of Build Magazine, a publication dedicated to high-end home construction, renovation, and the innovative experts that make this possible. This podcast was created to have some fun and explore those who have taken on the challenge of building luxury homes in demanding locations. From navigating logistics and construction to excavating the earth, we want to learn more about these people and how their projects became cover-worthy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I am in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida with Michael Pearson from Hedrick Brothers, which is just an incredible construction company. Great history on this um, company. And I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, you are allowed. I'm, I'm going to give you the green light. You can talk Gator football if you'd like a little bit. Well, thank you for inviting me this morning. I appreciate it. Uh, Happy to talk. Yeah, no, this is, this is fantastic. We are telling a, a little story off air about um, finally connecting with your director of marketing, Christine Corrigan. Yes. And it was just, it's just such a funny story, but it's so true. And, and because you guys are one of the preeminent builders here in town, you just are that busy. What's going on in West Palm, especially now as we're technically in a recession, regardless of what some people want to say. People say that there's a recession, but I haven't seen it yet. You won't know it here in Palm Beach, will well, you? We'll probably be the last ones in, first ones out. Do you guys ever experience a recession here? It's not as bad as it is uh, elsewhere in the country. Um, our local policies are um, are pretty good in okay. uh, in keeping us uh, keeping us running and keeping people wanting to move to the area. So we're we're very fortunate to have good leadership. Well, yeah, and Florida because you got no income tax makes it attractive. Yes, it uh, does. I just heard something on the radio this morning that you had an obscene number of jobs created or new businesses opened uh, in the past two years, and obviously the leadership here is has done a good job. There has been an influx of uh, of people moving to Florida from elsewhere, um, and they're all coming with money to spend. They're they want uh, they want luxury. They want uh, they want what we have down here. They want the weather. And we're happy to give it to them. Yeah, and it's uh, here we are at the beginning of August, so we've got some hurricanes that are about to hit as well. <laughs> so you talk about weather, you get weather. We get weather. So tell me a little bit about Hedrick Brothers. Sure. So uh, Hedrick Brothers started in 1979 as two brothers, and we now have over 150 employees with three offices here in West Palm, one down in Pompano and Melbourne. Our residential department started with small remodels we were awarded uh, two legacy homes in the 90s that really put us on the map. These legacy homes just look stunning today. Gene Parker joined in 83 after Dale bought out his brother. And since his brother has, uh, has passed away, there was a shared vision between Dale and Gene that allowed us to grow the company to a point that it made sense to rebrand with uh, two distinct divisions. We have a, a commercial side and a, a luxury residential side. So um, although the organizational chart has changed over the years within the company, uh, the core values that allowed us to grow at such a fast and sustainable rate, um, those cores are our foundations for our business here. So it started in 79. How old was Dale at the time? He was young, though. Um, I don't know his exact age, but he was, he was young. Out of college, uh, he, was, he was young, but he was a go-getter, and uh, he still is. Is he, is he really? Oh, yeah. He's still a go-getter. See, that's the fascinating part that I have when I'm doing these podcasts is when I'm talking to people that have started businesses or generational businesses, a lot of generational businesses are really tough to transition. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, they hit it out of the park, but you still have that spark. And I think that spark, even if you're 70 years old, 
If you still have that twinkle in your eye, that's the excitement of life. And that's also what keeps you, I believe it's what keeps you healthy. Oh, yeah. I think if you retire at 55, what would you do? I'm 59. <laughs> somebody said, hey, when are you going to retire? What do you mean retire? I've been retired my whole life. Right. I do what I want to do when I want to do it. My wife goes everywhere with me. I said, this is fantastic. You know, if you, uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Look at Aerosmith. <laughs> or, or the Stones, right? That's right. I mean, those guys, they've got the best 401k in the country. There you go. I mean, other than being a politician, those guys still make a lot of money in their 80s. Yep. I mean, it's just incredible. Gotta love it. That's the beauty of America. I, I mean, I told you when you and I were talking on the phone and when mm-hmm. I was talking to Chris about doing this, the podcast really is about the American dream. Yes. And talking to these really cool uh, businesses. And now, I mean, at 22, I can't imagine that Dale grew up with a silver spoon in his, in his, uh, in his mouth. Christine's off air and she's shaking her head. <laughs> like, no chance of that ever <laughs> happening. No, he, uh, he definitely worked for every dollar that he has. Yeah, it's just, and, and look at the stuff that you guys build. So, so he started in, in um, commercial, and then what, do you know what the impetus was to transition to residential? So there was a, there was a, um, a willingness and a desire to always grow the business. So, I mean, they started by pulling toilets, I think, is, uh, is one, of, one of Dale's stories. And uh, he'd ha- be happy to share that with anyone, that uh, he was willing to do anything that was ethical for a dollar in construction. <laughs> that's long- how you learn. That's how you learn. And so he grew the business from, uh, from a very, very small um, remodeling um, type business to what we are now. And we have over 150 employees. It's, that's awesome. It's amazing. It's just awesome. So... I did a podcast, one of the, my, I think it's my third podcast, and he really is just an awesome client. And this guy owns Mountainland Design. His name's Dan Devonport. And Mountainland Design is an appliance store, essentially in Salt Lake City. Okay. And they're in Jackson Hole, Sun Valley, Salt Lake, um, Park City, you know, the, the mountain, high-end mountain town. Anyway, I talked to him. He was 21 when he started in the industry, and he and his brother used to carry up little uh, re- apartment of refrigerators on their backs up the stairs to deliver them. Mm-hmm. He said, I delivered to a contractor, a fridge. He had a T-top Pulsar, a Nissan Pulsar. And that, you probably don't even know what that is, but it's just old school. And he strapped this thing to the hood of his, like he took the T-top off and he had it kind of cockeyed so he could get up to the, to the contractor up in, you know, 20 minutes away up in the mountains. Sure. And a contractor says, is that your car? He goes, yeah. You brought the fridge in that car? He goes, yeah. He goes, come here. I want to talk to you. We're going to do a lot of business. He goes, that's ingenuity. And <laughs> you know, I'm sure Dale's got the same stories. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got plenty of stories. That's also what I love about this is, is, um, uh, another goal that I have in doing the, the podcast is to instill the, uh, the work ethic and the American dream and the younger generation. Absolutely. I have a huge passion for letting kids understand the dream is bigger than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not going to get handed to you. You actually you have, have to, to work, work for, it. for it. Yep. Everybody wants, like nobody wants, guys don't, my kids don't know how to ask girls out on a date. <laughs> you know, they just don't get it because they're afraid to hear no. And yet if you talk to somebody who's built a business they don't tell you about how successful and what a beautiful office this is and the projects we're working on. They tell you the stories about how I can't believe I got to where I am today because of the stuff. How do we make at, it? How do we make it? Yes. Or how do we get through the recessions? So yes. 79, Dale started in the heart. Of, well, that was the oil embargo. That was a br- brutal recession. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've seen You're a few. You're too young. Those. You don't even know what it was. You no. probably weren't born yet. No, not 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 at that point. No. <laughs> no. All right. So you've worked for some pretty impressive uh, builders. I know some of them because they're clients of ours, and yeah. they're awesome. Um, Joe Beauchamp over at the Williams Group in Naples. And great guy. Dave Rogers at Newberry North. Another, another great guy. Another awesome company. Great personalities. Great mentors. So how do you get? Uh, did you get lost? Did you? I mean, coming to Palm Beach isn't bad, but it's. It's the other coast. It is the other How'd coast. How'd you get over here? So family. 
Oh. Yeah. All my family's over here. All of my wife's family's here. So uh, it made sense. We were kind of on an island over there, um, so to speak. Yeah. So it's uh, it's good to be closer to family, have uh, a little bit of a support system over here. It, uh, do you have kids? I do. You see, you wanted a babysitter. <laughs> you didn't want to have to pay for it. You wanted grandma and grandpa. Of course. It's better financially. <laughs> so, um, so, It yeah. couldn't have been very hard to get a job at Hedrick with the, uh, with the resume that you've got. No, it was, uh, it was actually interesting. Um, I, I've applied here more than once. Um, this, uh, You've been rejected? I was, I was, uh, um, back in, I think it was 2015 or something like that. So, okay. um, I have wanted to work for, uh, for Dale and, and Gene and them for a long time. And, uh, they were a huge, um, benefactor for, um, for university of Florida, the building construction, um, um, department there and, um, you know, that, that whole college there. So they're, uh, they're, they're very, um, very involved. Um, so I'd, I'd heard about them a long time ago, did my research, uh, on them and, um, have been always looking, looking at them kind of over the fence, so to speak. So, um, but all of those guys share a lot of the same, uh, things in common. So an attention to detail, um, continual drive to produce projects of uncompromised excellence and, um, you know, what fine builders strive for. So few achieve it and even fewer maintain that elite status. So, um, anyone, I mean, anyone could do what uh, we do as a company, but few have the follow through to achieve it and continue, uh, maintaining those standards over the years. So I've been very fortunate to have been given the privilege to work with a, a few of those companies that share that same mindset. Well, the, the guys in Naples, I know fairly well, and they're incredible and their cultures are incredible. Amazing. So what's inspired you or challenged you with the culture of Hedrick Brothers? Because there's obviously a culture here that you don't yeah. start from nothing and get to 150 employees without, uh, without having a pretty impressive culture. The job here is, is very challenging in and of itself. I mean, you have, to, uh, you have to perform at an elite status all day, every day on every project and everything you touch. Um, it reflects not only on you, but the team, everyone else. So um, Dale and Gene, they, they give us the, the tools to excel on all of it. Um, uh, my biggest challenge, I think, was like uh, getting into a leadership role. Okay. Um, over here and um, enabling myself to delegate a little bit more. And, uh, and they, um, they saw uh, some potential in me and they, they, they've invested in, in me and, and our future here, allowing uh, myself and others to, to grow. And they invest heavily in, in us over here, um, not only on the front end in trying to figure out the right teams and put us together with, uh, with teams that work, okay. um, but also in developing, you know, maybe some of our, our weaker, uh, weaker talents and then, um, honing in on our skill sets to make us more effective as, as team members and leaders. So, um, the, the vision of, uh, a little bit of, a uh, little bit of investment goes a long way is, uh, is very strong in this company. So when you say they invest in you, how is that? Oh, coaching, training. Oh, um, they do? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, they spend a lot of money on, on making sure that, we are top notch in in all facets that they can possibly um, advance us in. Um, I mean, I'm doing um, you know different kinds of training with uh, with with people to to you know advance not only my career but um, but the company. You know, um, the the more effective I am, uh, the more effective people below me are going to be, and the more effective that people above me are going to be. So, where do you get the training? Um, like, is there a, is there a construction institute that has continual continuing ed or so we we have mentors that come in um uh we have coaches and and they'll they'll do you know uh group group sessions and do uh individual stuff as well and if you reach out um you know they're more than willing to help out so um yeah, anything from time management to uh, personnel training, how to interact with different people. I mean, it's it's amazing the amount of training that that they they allow us to um, to do. Isn't that fascinating? I've never heard that before, so that's why I'm curious. And as I'm nobody else does it. <laughs> well, no, and, and as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, like my uh, my client at Mountain Land, he's got 140 or 150 people, and he is a's a very, very funny person, 
but his staff love him. Yeah. And I go, dude, how did you start with nothing and you got 150 people? He goes, I know it shocks me too. You look around this building, we got 150 people and there are no weak links. Um, everybody, That's impressive. Everybody is strong and everybody is, is handpicked. Um, and everyone in the office has, uh, has a pro, uh, personality profile done before they get hired. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do, uh, they do a, a, a testing um, that, that shows what your cognitive abilities are and where your strengths and weaknesses are. They do uh, personality profiling to um, establish like where you're at in the disk profile. Um, there's a lot of investment that, that goes on the front end to, to handpicking our team here. Um, so if you're on the team, <laughs> you're, uh, you're deserved. <laughs> Once again, I haven't heard that. I like that idea. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, so you went to the University of Florida. Yes, sir. Go Gators. Go Gators. Um, and what's your degree in? Construction management. Okay. And engineering to some degree? So I started out as a structural engineer. Um, I started taking the courses for that. Um, I took a couple of, uh, of materials courses um, as electives. Okay. Um, in the construction management um, building, and I really like those. I, I like the uh, I like the um, oh god, the common sense uh, approach to that. Um, and the the funny thing is, hey, I, hey, I we're was, in America now. Common sense is not so common right now. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> um, I, I saw the uh, um, I saw the potential there uh, in the construction industry. Um, I did not want to sit behind a desk and and crunch numbers all day, which is uh, which is which is okay for 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 some people, but just didn't match my personality at the okay. time. And um, I was looking at um, what they were doing. I was getting excited about it, um, so I took more courses. Decided to finally uh, change my uh, change my degree, and and I haven't worked a day in my life since I graduated. So I, obviously, I picked the right field. Uh, it's a good place to be. Trust me. After 30 years of not working a day in my life, my, uh, my family members, they look at me and they go, how do you make a living? I mean, you'd never work. Well, that's how it should be. Mondays are great. Sundays are great too. Every day's great. Um, so you were telling me a story about how you would challenge your teams and incentivize them with a case of beer. Yes. Yes. I love this story. Okay, so and I love the fact that your boss will allow you the latitude to be you and get stuff. Just get it done. Oh yeah, yeah. It, my uh, my approach to things is uh, it wasn't always uh, um, uh, by the books, but it was very effective. Um, when I was working for a landscaping and um, underground GC, um, I had two crews, and um, I was trying to get uh, some good production out of these guys. Uh, to make the uh, the bottom line profitable while still um, producing a great project, so um, I had learned you know a couple of things in, in college while I was there, and uh, one of them was, was drinking beer. No, <laughs> <laughs> one of them was to uh, to to put goals out there, put goals out there, and people will rise to the occasion and try to hit those goals. So now you you make a you make it a challenge. Who's going to hit the goal faster, right? Um, and uh, and putting a prize at the end of the week with a case of beer is a very large incentive for uh, for some guys to to work, you know, maybe a little bit harder than they would have uh, at quitting time. So they uh, they always rose to the occasion. We we came out ahead, and um, we uh, we produced a great product. Client was real happy. Um, the um, the end of the day, everyone was happy, including the workers, and uh, they they loved working with me. So it was. It was a win-win. And the guys that were underage, obviously, they got monsters. They didn't get beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great story. And I love your ingenuity of coming up with an idea to get these guys to uh, to think outside the box. Yes, that was a former life, though. Can't can't do that anymore. <laughs> you can't? Oh, no, no. You, can, you can't do that anymore. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, a HR might not like that, right? I, I um, Bonnie's going to be... Bonnie is our publisher here and she's listening to this and she's tired of hearing it by now. But I was speaking of things that you can't do anymore. I was watching a YouTube video of Letterman and he had Jennifer Aniston on there. Okay. And I, and I start listening to it and I go, 
you can't say that. And it's innocuous. He was, she came out and obviously she's a very cute lady. And, uh, he just goes, you've got great legs. And I go, you can't say that anymore. And it's like, how sideways anyway, just, you know, there are certain things that we're just, we're still humans. That's right. Um, so you've got some pretty impressive clients. What do you, do you get to interact with them or are you dealing with owners reps, which is a totally different deal than interacting with the client? It's a mixed bag. So, um, a lot of the clients, uh, come in, they meet with us. So when, when they meet with us, they, um, they either, uh, develop a rapport directly with us or the owners rep, the developer rapport with us. And, um, depending on what the client's schedule is, where they're at, um, you know, and, and how they want to manage the project, they, they either are interfacing with us directly or we go through the, the owner's rep. Um, so yeah, we've worked with, uh, all different types of, um, organizational structures. Um, everyone has their advantages, every single one of them. So what do you learn when you're dealing with an owner? What do you learn from them? Because these owners, obviously to build houses that you're building have done very well for themselves. Oh, you can learn something from anyone. Um, you just have to ask the right questions. Okay. So, um, a lot of these guys, um, they accumulated their, um, their wealth and, and, uh, their legacy. They've, uh, they've, um, they've generated it through, uh, dedication. A lot of them just dedication, uh, perseverance, working through it. Yes. Some of them got lucky, but luck only gets you so far. You You have to maintain, you have to be highly intelligent. You have to be skilled. You have to have that desire and, and keep executing day after day and, and be, um, be diligent on, on repeating successful practices. Yeah. Now, how do you do that without getting bored? Or is that the key? Do what I do. Do something different every day. I, I just find in, in, in talking with these people that have built tremendous companies or organizations, it's fascinating to hear how they are in love with the small details of what they do. Yes. And they don't overlook them, even though they can't get into the, the day-to-day grind of it, but they just, they want to make sure that things are done right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we have, uh, we have clients that are really into the details. We're also really into the details. So we'll go as far as, as the clients want to go. And, um, we'll keep going until they say, all right, that's enough. You don't need to go any further (laughs) on this. Uh, talk to the interior designer, talk to the architect. They'll, they'll fill you in with exactly what to do from here. Um, so, um, we will go as, as deep or as, as complicated and, and explain everything to, uh, to the clients or, or to the owner's rep, um, to the level that they're looking to, to gain knowledge from us out of that's, that's what they're paying us for is, is our knowledge of of, uh, all of these different trades and all these different elements. Um, so we're happy to, to share that knowledge and, and recommend what to do. So you've been with Hedrick brothers for 14 years. Is that right? No, it's actually only been what? Three, three years, I think. Where did 14 come? I got bad Intel. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's been about three years. Um, but, uh, it's been just amazing working here. So what, over, over the course of your career, I mean, cause in Naples, the quality of the builder is right on par with Hedrick Brothers. Mm-hmm. What have you seen? What, what's transpired with the homes that you're building? Like what cool, whether it be tech, like technology's changed so much. Um, even from the standpoint of heating and air conditioning systems used to be, uh, you know, pretty Simplistic. mundane, but now yeah. they're super sophisticated. Right. And technology's changed them drastically. So, um, yeah, uh, everything that we do is uh, is pretty. We have to be pretty discreet about it um, because of the clientele. Yeah. Uh, so I can't go into like too much detail on specifics on projects or anything like that. But uh, the no, um, just in generalities, what the homes that you're seeing or some of the cool things you're doing, we don't need to know where or who. Just oh yeah, I mean it's I, just kind of cool what's happening. I've done everything from uh, look into putting you know. Uh, car washes under houses to, um, discussions of, um, you know, ballistic, uh, ballistic door systems, all kinds of things. Um, we, we've, we've talked about all, all kinds of things with these owners. Um, you know, one owner, obviously I can't, can't talk about it too, too much, but, uh, 
he he uh, he said, "Well, the security package seems very very expensive for this uh, for this project." And and I said, "Yes, it is. You were looking for you know full protection around around your your home." Yeah. And he said, "Is there anything we could do to value engineer this thing?" And I said, "Well, I'm from Florida, and uh, if you're worried about someone coming up to your car or something like that." You put a row of uh, bougainvillea plants uh, out next to the uh, next to where where you're going to be uh, parking and waiting for a gate to open, and I guarantee you that no burglar or anyone is going to try to get through that. And after they're bleeding, come and come and try to rob you. Those are the ones that stick <laughs> with, with a very long thorn. I like your idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they, there was still a, a security package, but I don't believe it was it was extent as extensive. Um, I mean, we have, uh, we have a lot of technology that, that we're working with in our, um, in our houses, but, um, you know, a game changer that, that, that we've seen internally here at Hedrick Brothers is we've used the, the VDC department here. Um, what's, what's VDC? So they're, uh, they, they basically model the house. Um, they take the, the drawings from the architects and the engineers and, and the design team, and they integrate all of these different aspects into a, a 3D model, so we can we can see where all the clashes are going to be uh, ahead of time. And uh, we've invested heavily in that, um, and uh, and in doing so, we're able to uh, see issues before they they become apparent uh, in the actual construction process. Um, they say uh, um, they say if, if you plan a little bit, it goes a long way. Well, it's also a big cost savings to the client. Um, a little bit of cost up front on modeling these these houses and these large structures in the commercial sector, and uh, and you're saving thousands, millions of dollars sometimes um, in reengineering and and uh, overcoming um, obstacles that otherwise probably wouldn't have become apparent until the actual execution. Okay, drill down a little deeper on this because sure. I'm trying to visualize it. And what does VDC stand for? Um, <laughs> virtual design uh, construction. So uh, what they do is is they'll they'll take all of the CAD files and they'll basically merge them in on a uh, on a 3D model. Okay. And um, like for example, you'll see on on screen on the screen. screen. Okay. On screen, and you could fly through. It's not it. a printer that prints mm -hmm. out and creates this model. It's no, you can okay. you, you can fly through the uh, the system um, and uh, and see if there's any kind of clashes. So you can actually put the trusses, the webbing for the trusses, into this model, and then you can put the ducts uh, for your AC into the model, and you can okay. put your your lighting cans and. Uh, all of your HVAC uh, grills and all of the the boxes, uh, the plenum boxes for those, and everything like that. You could put that all into the plan and see where you have clashes, where one thing lays in the exact same space as another. And you don't know that by looking at a set of plans. Um, yes, you, you could. You could, uh, in theory, look at it and and put it all together in your head. But um, we work at a very fast paced, uh, fast paced. We work in a very fast-paced environment where we don't have, uh, let's call it, weeks and weeks and weeks to to you know think about every every detail um, on the front end and, and coordinate all of all of those uh, individual uh, clashes between multiple systems. I mean, you might have you know thirty different systems. Um, putting it in a model is a much more cost-effective way to see if you have clashes. Okay. Um, and and it takes the human element out of it. If if you're able to see it on a computer and uh, able to visualize where the clashes are by a conflicting <laughs> of conflicting assemblies where it shows up red if they're in the same space, you can visually see. Oh, and, do they really? Oh yeah, and you you could see as a as a um, as an outsider, not not even a, a builder, you could see that there's going to be a problem at that location. Then it uh, brings your attention to that area to be able to address the issue before it's an issue. Can you also, and this might be a really dumb question, but I'm no, just no questions about dumb. Can you also um, factor in stress loads? So, like for hurricanes, uh, making sure that the direction of the building is less impacted by the prevailing winds. So the engineers, um, I don't know if that's a no. The engineers do all that. Um, okay, they're, they're obviously extremely skilled at what they do. Um, this is more of a coordination tool. Okay. And it allows, uh, it allows the construction process to move in a much smoother, uh, fashion. And, um, 
and mitigate risk for the client. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that it's color coded yeah. and it gives you, so you get the, the warning instantly. Yeah. And, uh, it allows you to have a virtual walkthrough with the owners, okay. um, and the interior designers. So if you have, uh, let, let's say you have, um, a door system and, um, you have a, a, let's call it a chandelier right outside of that door. You can put a person who's five foot six or six foot one into the model and see, okay, well, you have three foot of clearance above the person's head as they walk through that door. You know, so you, you get proportions. You get proportions. You're able to see things in a 3D manner, whereas uh, if it's just on paper, that's only 2D. Sometimes you can't get the full effect. So they built a hotel in Vancouver, Canada, and it was built by, um, it was owned and built by Asians. And because Asians are shorter people, they decided, and it's called the Pan Pacific, they decided to make the ceilings, I think the ceilings are seven feet. Okay. Because it, they were able to add an extra floor and they thought, okay, this is more revenue. And yet when you walk in and you're six feet tall, you feel like you're being crowded. And so the execution of wasn't totally perfect. Mm. The mm-hmm. revenue model may, might have worked, but the execution of it, the experience of the people, it was just a different deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the VDC department here uh, has, uh, has definitely helped many of our clients um, uh, in not assuming, uh, additional risk or, or, uh, or additional, um, money spent on projects. So it it is a loss. Uh, it is a lot of cost savings. So I'm in the process of building a house in Scottsdale. I mean, it's a small house. It's 3,700 feet. Um, what, and I can't believe, and this is the fourth house we built. Um, the number of questions and the number of decisions that you have to make are just incredible. And I'm so thankful we've got a great interior designer and the architect did a good job and our builder's fantastic. What's the difference in building a 4,000 square foot house compared to a 20,000 square foot house? And how do you not, in a bigger house, how do you not get lost in the process? Sure. So, um, I mean, you can, you can start with supply chain. Let's, let's start there. Um, so is that an issue? Yeah. So, 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 um, you start there. Um, you you start making a plan and then you have to work that plan. Um, creating a schedule with not only milestones for the job, but also decision-making and procurement help you um, help you execute that plan. So making a schedule that's realistic and emphasizing um, making decisions early and sticking with them, ordering early um, and not waiting, and then paying for storage if you need to, to utilize that storage space. Um, that enables you to build in a more efficient, faster manner um, with all of these crazy supply chain issues that we're seeing across the across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, building a three thousand square foot house versus a twenty thousand square foot house, um, they can be made the same way. Um, the level can be different. The level can be the same. So um, you have to set expectations with the client and with the builder, and and execute according to. If you're the if you're the client, what your budget is and and what the what the expectations are for move-in date. I just would think in a bigger house you would get it, the process takes longer. So, do you ever do you ever get there and lose focus or or because it's such a big house, or mm-hmm. maybe twenty thousand feet is not big to you. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a big house. No, it's um, a small office building. It's a big house. No. It, um, the the time frame um you've got so much going on that you usually don't get lost in in the in the schedule um you just keep executing day by day keep updating the schedule keep the subcontractors uh moving in the same direction your job as a gc is to keep everyone moving in the same direction and following your pace that's the goal so that you can have a a happy client at the end of the day and and do exactly what you say you're going to do which is what every client wants they want you to be completely honest with them and set expectations and manage those expectations throughout the course of the project. So I know you've got a ton of experience on estimating. And once again, because I'm in the throes of this and, and we get bids locked in and then they change because it takes so long to get things done. Okay. How do you, how, like what has happened with bidding software? So the complexity of these jobs is pretty extreme. 
I, I don't know how people use uh, bidding software to uh, to. Oh, you don't. Well, on on the residential side, I don't know how you possibly could. Okay. Um. So but, what's the process? Tell me. Well, um, you use you know your historical averages on on what you know things to be, and okay. then then you can go in and you can uh, spot check elements with uh, subcontractors and make sure that you're you're still in line with what you're thinking. But with material, um, with material price escalations or uh, de-escalations too, in certain things. Yeah, um, price of wood is coming down. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it you just have to have really good communication, um, with with your subcontractors and and keep the communication lines open and and uh, and just keep keep updating. Interesting. I I just we're going through a process with our our uh, audio visual home technology stuff. Okay. And I was told. 30 years ago, it was a line item, and now it's the second most expensive part of the house, I think behind the kitchen, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yes, everyone is, is definitely moving towards uh, a, a more automated house, um, whether it be um, audio and visual like you're talking about, or, yeah. or uh, communications, or um, lighting, lighting control shade control, all of all of those fun things that, that you can add to, to make your house um, work for you instead of you working your house. Um, yeah, but uh, there is a level of complexity and cost that's associated with it that um, the costs have risen through the years. So um, it is becoming more of a larger line item than it has been historically. Yeah, I mean, the, the bid we got for our audiovisual, which I didn't think was a crazy request, mm-hmm. you could buy another house with. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I've I've done theaters that are uh, well over a million dollars before. Isn't that just unbelievable? Yeah, but sounds amazing. Looks amazing when you're in it. Does it? Yes. What excites you about um, the homes that you're building? What excites me about the homes? Yeah, it's the people. I love I love working with the people. Um, the 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 clients making them um, satisfied at the end of the day. Um, trying to execute a plan, seeing a monument there that's going to be there forever. Yeah. Um, we don't build uh, spec homes. We build legacy homes. That's that's what we do here. Is that what most of your clients are looking for? Yeah, we build, we build legacy Generation, homes. Generational. Generational homes or homes that will last. Um, you know, we'll, we'll execute uh, restorations on um, a classical Maurice Fascio home or we'll do, um, we'll do renovations on a club um, in... Uh, in in uh, Central Palm uh, Palm Beach, you know, and, and we'll uh, we'll we'll do that on the on the commercial side. You know, we do um, a, like a, a huge variety of work over there too. Um, we have two different divisions. That, are you aware of that? The two different divisions that we have: the yeah, commercial, the commercial and, and the, the residential. It yeah. started out commercial, yeah, and then ten years in, about yeah. yeah. So um, so I mean, we we do all kinds of stuff. We're we're up on the Space Coast doing doing a ton of work up there. Um, we're down, uh, we're down South. We have, we have a lot of work, uh, down in the, in the Pompano, uh, region that, that we're working on too. Um, we're, we're all over the place. We're, we're developing teams. Is it tough to manage teams when they're that far away? Um, the commercial side does it, uh, does it very well, um, in, uh, in, in all their different sectors. Um, they have a great organizational chart, um, and they they spend a lot of time thinking about how um, how their organizational chart is uh, is developed and how they implement um, all of their personnel. Um, the residential team um, we have uh, limited markets, so it's a, it might be a little bit easier for us to um, to hit all of, all of the sectors that that we hit. We do uh, we do fine equestrian um, work. We do luxury residential we do renovations um for uh for 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 a certain clientele um in, i've seen in some condos of your, and, i've seen some of your uh equestrian stuff yes and you know living in scottsdale um gives you a different perspective because the equestrian is pretty basic i mean it's out in the desert mm-hmm. and it's just barns and i look at the photos that you guys they're beautiful. Yeah, go go to the website. Go to go to uh, hedrickbrothers.com. Go go take a peek. There's a there's a lot of great stuff in there. If you want to learn more about the company, there's uh 
Um, there's all the different uh, divisions that you could check out. There's pictures of what we can what we can share um, in there that uh, that um, I think it would intrigue most people. I mean, they're just they my my daughter's big into horses, and okay. it is you guys take it to a new level. And yes. these barns are spectacular. Absolutely fantastic. They're exquisite. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's the, what are the different challenges? Do you work strictly residential or do you do any commercial? I, I, I am st- uh, strictly residential. Most, oh. of, most of our team um, is, is divided that way as far as project managers, superintendents, and, and, and workers. They'll, they'll either be on the one side or the other. So what is the big difference between the two? Like, would it be very hard what for we you build. to train? Okay, I get that. <laughs> Way to go, genius. Nice question. Next. <laughs> okay, but is it hard for you to take that knowledge from residential and convert it over to commercial? It, there's guys that uh, that are really good at, at commercial, and there's guys that are really good at, at residential. There's there's guys that can move back and forth, but um, I, I I really enjoy the the residential side, just like a bunch of the, the guys on the commercial side really enjoy the the commercial side. Um, there's, there's benefits to each of them and it's really a, a personality thing. Like what, what, what do you like building? I think I'd like building uh, expensive homes. It's pretty fun. I mean, it really is. Oh, yeah. Mind you, when you drive around Palm beach downtown, I'm coming back here next month and we're debating, okay, do we stay on Singer Island on the beach or do we stay in one of the nice hotels downtown? And, and my brain is going, we're going to stay downtown. You should. This is a really neat town. It's an amazing market. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be happy to be back over here. Not that Naples sucks because it doesn't. It's awesome. It was great over there as well. Uh, it, it's different. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great area to, uh, to be building. It's a great area to live. So what trends do you see happening in the next five to 10 years? Well, you're already seeing uh, people really concentrate on what their lifestyle is going to be like in, in their home, right? Whereas uh, before they, they weren't really concentrated on the indoor outdoor space as much. Now everybody uh, is thinking about what that indoor outdoor space looks like, how they're going to be living in their life, uh, how they're going to be living in their house, and how they're going to be enjoying their property. Um, is that through COVID? Because we were stuck in our houses I think for so. two years. I think okay. so. I know. I know several of the builders said people were downsizing the the size of their homes before COVID, and since COVID hit, they mm-hmm. go the heck with it. We can't go to Europe or or Australia or wherever. So we're just going to build bigger houses. Well, I mean, uh, everyone that I know wants to make their, their house, their paradise now, their yep. little sanctuary. So, um, people are definitely investing more in what they care about, uh, in their homes and not waiting until later because you know, you, you don't know. <laughs> um, how often are you amazed with something that you guys are building in a house? How often do you go, damn, that is cool. So I, I I used to be amazed more often. Uh, now I, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the the stuff that that you can do. Yeah. Um, not not saying that I've seen everything, but I've seen pretty much everything. <laughs> um, so you're 34 four years old and you're yes. jaded already. <laughs> that's bit. not good. That's, that's not, not good. good. No, th- uh, but you got to be a little kid the rest of your life. It I I do get excited. Um, there's there's a there's a lot of excitement, but it's not a lot of new ideas uh that are out there um like for for completely different concepts that i just have have not seen before okay um i've taught i mean the 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 people that i've worked with and the people i've worked for just like the company i work for right now um we've done amazing things like things that most people won't see in a lifetime um so things that amaze me um the the quality of the work, uh, seeing it when it's when it's done, you can appreciate it. Uh, so that that is amazing in and of itself. But uh, you know, um, different things um, that that doesn't amaze me. It's just the the quality mostly now. Um, you know, the the wow factor um, of doing a certain thing has kind of um, waned a little bit. Okay. Now it's the execution and how did they do it? Uh, good and. What can we improve on next time? Yeah, I was going to say what what challenges you every morning, but you just answered that question. Yeah, what what can we do better? What can we do better next yeah. time? And and uh, leadership over here has that same mentality. The, those guys, okay, so we did an awesome job. 
How do we do it better? How do we do it faster? How do we do it more efficiently? How do we make the client happier? So what are you, I mean, you're 34, so your life's just getting going. Yes. What's it feel like to drive around and go, I built that. I built that. <laughs> I built that. It drives my oh, wife. another Hedrick sign. Drives my wife crazy. It does. <laughs> yes. So uh, I used to I used to drive uh, drive people around town and and uh, and they would they would say so w- what do you do actually and you know in, in Naples I would I would say okay well let's go a little bit further south and we'll go to Port Royal and I'll I'll kind of yeah. show you from the road yeah that and that <laughs> and that uh, over here uh, I, I don't do it as much because. No one wants to ride in the car anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it feels really good seeing um, seeing things that you know will stand the test of time. Um, it it feels pretty good. All right, so you're working in these incredible houses, and this is a bit of a loaded question. Okay, are you in the thought process of building a house for yourself? So I had been doing a renovation for about two years uh, on my own house, and uh, and that was fun. You know, it was uh, it was a two different... year renovation. Oh yeah, do you strip it to the studs? Yes, and in, in a lot of the rooms, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a long renovation. Yeah, so I, I would take it piece by piece. Okay, piece by piece. You must have a very patient wife. <laughs> uh, she's amazing. She's amazing. Okay, so tell me about what you're doing to your house. Um, I mean, I had uh, I had replaced all of the exterior siding on my house. Um, it was all cedar uh, board and batten. Yeah, and I replaced that with stucco on the outside. I had uh, redone both of the bathrooms. I mean, all of the interiors had changed. Did all the millwork on the on the inside for for bases and moldings and uh, and all of that in in, in the uh, on the guest wing of the house and um, new lights everywhere new new plumbing in the in the bathrooms uh new ac uh systems and ductwork and all of that fun stuff so often i'll ask a builder like i've got an incredible architect in vegas and i go hey man what's your house like he goes my house he goes i live in a 2700 square foot track home yeah he goes i don't live in one of these homes i don't have time to do that no he goes seriously i'm the cobbler who has no shoes yes yeah, and you'll see a lot of builders like that, by the way. <laughs> I know. Yep. I know. My builders, same thing. I said, what's your house like? He goes, my house is really super average. <laughs> you would drive by it and not even think twice. And I go, how do you not get sucked in when you're – it's like working in the clothing business. You have no money, but you have the be- you're, you're the best-dressed person. How do you not get sucked into wanting to tinker and play with your house all the time? So – uh, you consistently look at quality, right? That's at, as a builder, you're consistently looking at quality, and, and that was actually something I think we talked about b- before uh, before this interview a little bit. Um, you're consistently looking at quality, but you have to know when to shut it off. Um, so, I used to speak up and and uh, and uh, on what I would have done differently, but um, with experience and a little bit of wisdom, um, I wait for specific questions to be asked nowadays, and then elaborate um, to the inquiring people um based off of what their level of understanding is um if if they want feedback so i mean you know you're in the industry you know a a father-in-law will ask you what do you think you know you ask them very specific questions (laughs) you know you you, uh you're you're with your parents and they ask you uh what do you think you know you give them a very specific answer and then you ask what else would you like to know you know you have to you have to be um you have to be wise. So where did you, last question I want to ask yeah. is because, you know, once again, everybody knows at this point that I came from Canada 20 years ago and, and, uh, we love living in the States. What kind of background did you come from? Your parents? So, um, my parents were, were very, uh, <laughs> they're very hardworking people. Um, my mom had incredible uh, drive that motivates her to um, pursue any passions and work and a desire uh, to learn that allows her to continue to grow. She's uh, she's from Cuba. Okay. Um, so I'm first generation American. Same deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, my, my parents always emphasized the importance of good mentoring as well. Um, not only in uh, mentoring, acquiring the knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, but also disseminating that information onto uh, onto people, um, so that 
your your legacy kind of moves on a little bit too. Um, desire for high quality output, right? That's a, that's another big thing that was uh, that was important to to my family. Yeah. Um, even though I I chose my own path and and share a uh, I, I share a desire for that same quality, which allowed me to um, seek employment with Hedrick uh, Hedrick Brothers. So my personality doesn't allow me to be um, accepting of low quality. So um, you don't know what uh, <laughs> what it takes to achieve high quality until you've actually done it. Most people think they know the definition of quality, but quality only comes from one thing, and that's uh, quality is never an accident. It's uh, it's always the result of intention, sincere effort, intelligent direction, and skillful execution. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives. And if you're wondering where that came from, that's above the water cooler here at, at Hedrick Brothers Construction. Is it really? It is. It is. Okay, so when we're finished, you're gonna have to take me to the water yeah. cooler. Yeah, we'll go grab water. Yeah. Um, so takeaways for for young people um, would probably be to seek mentors with uh, with that same quality mindset. Learn from them. Ask questions. Gain the knowledge, and then continue to share that knowledge with other people. Um, Learning that art of asking questions will allow uh, you guys to to rise in your career faster than everyone else around you. Always be curious. Always be curious. And what about your dad? So, <laughs> my dad uh, always had a uh, a very um, um, easygoing uh, mindset. Um, never took anything home with him uh, as far as uh, work or okay. anything like that. Um, he would do studying and stuff like that on his own. And so he was a very intelligent, well, he still is a very intelligent man. Right. Um, and, uh, and, but he would, uh, he would keep his life, uh, and at work and at home a little bit separate, which, uh, which I was able to learn from as well, which is good. Are you good at doing that? Yes. Yeah. Don't even know what that's like. <laughs> it's, it, it, it works back. I could turn it on. In a second's notice. That's awesome. Turn it back on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. When I'm when I'm at work, I give 110%. When I'm at home, same thing. 110%. You can turn your phone off? No, never. Never. The phone doesn't go off. Oh, okay. That, that's why that's why I said it could turn right back on. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> if that thing rings, right. I'm on it. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. Absolutely. I appreciate Hedrick Brothers getting to know you guys and learning. Uh I am curious about the water cooler. Yeah, we'll um, go walk over there. I'll take a picture and we'll post it on Instagram this afternoon. That's Excellent. great. Excellent. Um, and to Christine for having the faith and hanging in there because, uh, you know, we we uh, we came out a little late in Palm Beach, but our attitude was we wanted to make it right. Yes. As opposed to just finishing it because there's a deadline and you have to finish it. Mm -hmm. And then you stare at something that you're you're annoyed with. You know, and I look at no different than building a house. Yeah. I know the owners want to get in, but if it's not right, it's not then right. they're going to stare at it and they're going to be pissed the whole time. Well, I think everyone was excited about the first issue here in, in, in West Palm, uh, yeah. in, in Palm Beach and they're looking forward to seeing the second one. I know. And it's going to have your house on the cover and we're excited about that. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> anyway, Michael, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, until next time, I'm Ted Bainbridge and thanks for joining us on Friends of Build Magazine. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below. I'm Ted Bainbridge, and you've been listening to Friends of Build Magazine podcasts.